We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andres Hill. Today, we are talking about hip-hop, the Grammys, boxing. If you haven't heard, Mike Tyson returns this weekend. And we have a UFC card to recap and one to preview. So plenty of stuff going down on this week's show. It is going to be fun. And plus, it's Thanksgiving show every year. We come together for this Thanksgiving show. If you guys are listening to it on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving, shout out to y'all. Hopefully eating good food. If you're listening to it afterwards, hopefully you're enjoying leftovers at your crib. I'm going to be eating leftovers all weekend. This is the first year, Dre, where I'm not in Vegas um, for Thanksgiving. Last year, even though I lived on the East Coast, I was back because we had fights. I was back. I chilled. I went to Vegas Thanksgiving this Thanksgiving, I'm in New York, just chilling with my grandma and the wife, having some real good food. You know what's not on the menu? Green bean casserole. That's disgusting. For the first time in years, Drake, no green bean casserole. My grandma's making greens from scratch. She, oh, I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am. I got the mac and cheese ready. I'm gonna make that. Put my foot in it tomorrow. 
not not someone saying, oh, mac and cheese? I don't know what Elena's family is going to do now because for the past, what, six years, I brought the mac and cheese. They're going to have another mac and cheese-less Thanksgiving. How do you go back to that? I don't have those kind of problems. <laughs> oh, you, you got three different types of mac and cheeses at your crib. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, our family, a bunch of black women, they can throw down. So All day. I love going to your crib for food. Just any time for the people listening, Dre, before Rona, had these get-togethers at his crib to socialize. And, and Dre's antisocial, but shout out to his wife, who makes him socialize with people. That's so she, not true. Stop that. My, my wife is more antisocial than me. I don't know. She always created themes. She was very welcoming. Yeah. I feel like I feel it's like lying on the wife. No, <laughs> so, it's an act. No, trust me. She, but Dre's wife, her sister... Everyone would get into the kitchen and just cook it up from the morning all the way until we all got there at like four for all of these things. They all had themes, but nothing was better than when we had like either Thanksgiving or like the soul food stuff. The barbecue days were bomb. And Dre's wife would cook four different types of mac and cheese. I'm just like in mac and cheese heaven. It was incredible. And last year he was... Dre was popping mad shit like, yo, my wife's mac and cheese is crazy. I had this mac and cheese. I ain't gonna lie. It was fire. Totally. The traditional. She gets she gets fancy on the other ones. The traditional is redonkulous, though. She throws down, man. That's why I'm excited. Yeah. You know, it's her favorite holiday. Like, Thanksgiving is her favorite holiday. And the funny thing is, she throws down all this food, and she's a pescatarian, which means she doesn't eat any meat. So, like, no turkey, none of that stuff. So, and my brother-in-law is vegetarian. So that means we have this fake ass tofurkey and it's disgusting, but he tries to make us eat it every year. It's ridiculous. But everything else, like the green, like all the sides are always hitting because you put so much care into that. And the turkey's fine because it's turkey. Um, but yeah, man, it's like that. I got a pumpkin cheesecake this year. Oh, so excited. Ooh, I'm so excited. Fire. And I got it at Costco. Like people are like, not from scratch. No, Costco has like an amazing cheesecake. And I went there last week and I saw a pumpkin cheesecake and I was like, yo. Before, I'm not going to go on Wednesday because it's going to be sold out. So I went on Tuesday, made sure I plotted my escape, got my pumpkin <laughs> cheesecake. So I'm, I got that. We got tamales this year. And then we got some other stuff. But it's crazy because we we're not having like a big throwdown because obviously with COVID and shit. But, you know, we're going to have like another movie night because we didn't watch all our scary movies. So we're going to end up having another horror movie night like if, if people shut the fuck up in my house. But, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Then it's back to work, man. We got fights. Yeah. Packed weekend of fights. Uh, four fights this weekend. Three really big ones. So it is going to be crazy. But Thanksgiving is that kind of reprieve where I'm doing nothing but cooking, then eating, then napping, watching a little football, and I'm barely working. I'm, I'm working between naps, and that's my goal for tomorrow. With that being said, Thanksgiving to the side, another thing that happened this week, Dre, is that we got the Grammy nominations. They all dropped. I didn't even see who got, like, overall best album nods, anything like that. Oh, that, that category is bullshit, but it is. <laughs> oh, look, I saw The weekend just complaining. He got and shut I, out. He got I nominated like for nothing. last album. He yeah. got nominated for nothing, which I didn't even care for the last album that much, but it should have got nominated for something. Like, come on. Jesus, nothing? He Zero? got nominated for a ton of AMAs, right? 
Yeah, he got completely shut out on the Grammys. So the the question always is, though, knowing how the Grammys work, because for those of you who know, I usually write the Grammy program every year. I don't know if I'm doing it this year. Um, damn, did I do it last year? Can't remember. You did. I did. Yeah. I don't even remember. Who did I do? I don't even know what my write-up was on last year. But anyway, I usually do the Grammy program, so I understand, like, how submissions happen. I'm not part of the Academy. Like, I've seen some of the names of the, the voting Academy. And um, there are people who complain about not getting nominated, but they forget to submit their album to the Recording Academy. It happens. And they get told that they didn't do it. And then they go, oh, but they still complain online about not getting nominated. They don't say, I didn't send my shit in. So I wonder when I talk to the the group whenever, you know, if I'm still doing this stuff because I don't know how it's changed with COVID. um, But when I talk to the group, I'm going to be curious. I'm like, yo, did Weekend send in his shit? (laughs) Because if he didn't, that's crazy. But he should have got nominated. That's stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. The guy, you can't ignore that album. Even if he doesn't send it in. Like, you got to be like, yo, we're missing a weekend album. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just common sense. You would think so. So, one thing, let's start where we can give them credit. And that is looking at this best rap album category. I was shocked. And people are up in arms about this. Oh, yeah. Because people are like, oh, there's no Lil Uzi Vert on there. He got the best album of the year. Or Lil Baby is not on there. Get all that shit out of here. This is about rap albums. Not singing, not crooning, not mumble rap. I don't understand none of those youngsters anyway. This this is the category. This is the coup de grace. And the albums are D Smoke, Black Habits, which you really liked. Yep. Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs. And Alchemist, which I think is probably the best album of the year still. Maybe it's up in the air. A Written Testimony by Jay Electronica, which is really just a Jay-Z album. Nas, King's Disease. And then The Allegory by Royce the 5'9". Man, I was so happy for my bro. I had to hit him. I was like, what? He was surprised. Royce was dead-ass surprised. And there, I think I'm a, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's he... I mean, this is a list... There's been people that have talked about this list like, you know, this is finally real rappers on here. People bring up other years with like Drake and Kendrick and all that shit. Cool. But this is the first year that I've ever seen where we've had a bunch of rapping ass rappers that don't sell a ton of records. Nope. That was the thing that stuck out to me. Like Alfredo is not like a number one album. Real Allegory, not a number one album. Maybe Nas is King's Disease, even though like I don't even understand what a number one album is anymore with streaming. But... Nas is probably that most prolific name on the list. Jay Electron and Jay-Z, eh, maybe. You know, it's still kind of like a Jay-Z album. Um, and who am I missing? Who's the other album? D-Smoke. D-Smoke. Not a number one album. All exceptional no. rapping-ass rapping albums. That's All those albums are about is a bunch of rapping. I appreciate it. If you're mad, it's like, dude, you've had your time in the sun all these years getting a bunch of bullshit nominated for best rap album. Can we have ours, please? For once? There's no Macklemore on this shit. There's no uh, whatever the Australian chick is who sounds like Billy Kay. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. There's none of that on here. It's real rabbity ass rappers. Uh, I really hope Royce wins. I do Looking too. at this list, I, I think he has the most Grammy-worthy album from this list. I think he does too, but he's not going to win. Nas is probably going to win this. Because this is uh. Nas's... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, the Revenant Oscar. That's this is what the equivalent is. Like, it's not his best album, but it's good enough for people to say, 
ah, we could give it to him this year. I think Nas is going to win. The only albums, see, I'm not even complaining. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Run the Jewels could have got a nomination. And uh, yep. Benny the Butcher's album, which I think is extraordinary. It might be my favorite rap album this year. Could have been on this list. But I'm not complaining that much. Like, look at this list. It's amazing. If Alfredo wins it and you see Freddie, like, I would love to oh, see. Oh, Freddie's acting a fool on stage. Yo, I, <laughs> I just would love to see Gibbs accept this award. I would love to see it. But we'll see, man. I'm, I'm, I, I won't be surprised about if any of these albums win. If Royce he- wins, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Wasn't Gibbs just beefing with someone on Twitter and they called him a nobody? Yeah. I forgot who that was. I it forgot was like who it was. a youngster either. or something, too. And he was clowning him and stunting on him. Now, take that. If he wins, oh man, he's popping so much shit. And, and it's deserving Gibbs, if he wins. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, well, he's... What he has done, like, Gibbs isn't, like, the best rapper in the world, right? But Gibbs is his charisma is extraordinary, and like yeah. he just delivers dope bars. And to have a, a album with Alchemist as as a Grammy nominated album, that's crazy. Like who would have ever thought Freddie Gibbs would be nominated for anything five yeah. years ago? He's like a less mainstream two chains to me, where they're not like outstanding rappers, but they don't put out music I dislike. Nah, Gibbs never really fails you. Like he no, always puts like, out good music. You just I, I I never thought he'd get nominated for a Grammy, but here we are. Let's do yeah, it. Just being nominated is amazing. Yeah. Like that's fucking nuts. That yeah, man, that, that list is great. Going through some of the other things. Best rap song, this is where you start getting uh kind of the radio hits. So Lil Baby, the big picture, which I don't even know what song that is. Uh Roddy Rich, the box. I mean, the box should win. I'd, I'll listen to it after this. I don't even know how that You've heard goes. it. God damn. Um, I, how, are you, how are you younger than me and you don't know this damn song? I probably I don't know the names, like, on some real shit. Uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Of course, that video's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that could That win. might win. It's still um, I know Rockstar with the baby and Roddy Rich, so yeah. I know that song. And Savage, to me, wins because they put the remix oh, with Beyonce. Yeah. Making the Stallion and Beyonce on Savage. Like, come yeah. on, man, the TikTok dance. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're not beating Beyonce in any category. She wins in country. Oh, no. And this is Stallion's year, too. Like, yeah. I mean, Forget Like, it was it. Cardi's year last year. They're giving Megan the Stallion anything she's in the category. Yo, and I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. Like, I've really thought that Meg was going to be here today, gone tomorrow. Like, I thought, I literally thought, I was like, ah, she ain't going to be here too long. Wrong. She got shot in the pinky toe on some Della Reese shit and then, <laughs> and then dropped this album, which ain't bad. Like, shots fired. All right, it's cool. Like, a lot of people don't like it because, you know, it's over the biggest who shot you. I get it. But I don't think she's, like, the best rapper in the world. But she's not terrible. Like, she's not bad. I get what she's doing. And she I can knows her understand. Lane. Yeah, and I understand. Like, I understand what she's doing. She... Like, listen, to, to be completely honest, like, the material, the shit that she rap about ain't my speed. But she does it well. So I'll give her credit for that. Yeah. it. Her subject matter, and, like, I'd say 80% of female hip-hop subject matter now is my pet peeve in life. And it really has always been. But now hearing women, especially, like, or seeing shit on, like, Instagram and Twitter, I hate with a passion normal women not even these fucking rapidly ass rapper chicks because listen you do what you got to do to sell records and if you be like oh you ain't my man unless you buy me a birkin cool like you you doing some whole different shit right like i'm okay with that but if you're a normal ass chick on instagram you talking about 
oh, my man got to buy me a bag or a Birkin or this ain't free. Like, what? You just proud to be out here selling shit? Like, hip-hop is all the way fucking turned upside down. It's not about selling drugs. It's about using them. It's now cool to sell ass as a woman. Like, I, I don't get this. Like, oh, you... Oh, you just out here having sex for free. Not me. I'm I'm getting paid for it. Like that's the brag. I mean, like, that's shit is upside the, down, man. Shit is upside down. I just look at this. Uh, I can't tell y'all what to do. So do do whatever y'all want to do. Hip hop uh, is like Vegas now. Like that's that's <laughs> Vegas. That's the epitome, right? Like people doing drugs and women selling tail. Huh? So that's that's, that's fair. Hip hop in a nutshell. Um, best melodic rap performance. What the fuck is this list? I dog. I don't know. I had no clue this was a... Yeah, both elements of R&B and rap. So, I mean, this is the category people need to really be aiming for. So, Rockstar, Laugh Now, Cry Cry Later, uh, Anderson Pack, Lockdown, Roddy Rich, The Box, and then Travis Scott, Highest in the Room. Whatever. Roddy Rich could win that shit. How about that? They'll probably give it to Drake, but... Best Rap Performance, a lot of the same. Um, Deep Reverence is actually on here. Which, I like to see Nipsey get a a Grammy nom. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. I don't know. It's good to see. I yeah, like that song uh, a lot. Me too. It's probably the best song in the album. It's definitely the best song in the album, in my opinion. And more importantly, I don't know. Like, there's not a like producer category for this shit yet because Hit Boy should take home all the goddamn awards. Yeah, this, but I mean, at the same time, Alchemist is on there. That'd be a tight race. It'd be tight, but it was dog. Think about it. Like Hit Boy's done. Big Sean. He had his own album, which was really dope. That a lot of people slept on. He brought Nas back to life, and then he has this Benny album. And it's like, and everything Hit Boy has touched has been flames. Oh, Hit Boy did do the Nas album. Yes. Yeah, he'll probably win that. Um, yeah, the Baby Bop is on this best rap performance list. What's poppin', Jack Harlow? Which is probably a song of the summer. If this shit wasn't COVID, it would have been nuts for that. Um, the bigger picture, little baby, and Savage, Megan the Stallion again. A Dior Pop Smoke is on there too. So Pop Smoke getting a nom. Post humorous. Cool. Yeah, dead rappers and shit's crazy. <sighs> There's just a lot of dead rappers, my man. Just a lot. And then the last one, this is more of uh your speed here. Best R and B album. We haven't even touched R and B albums this year. Uh, R and B hasn't been good this year. What's what's good this year? Well, if it ain't, there's a lot of like female singers that like been crushing it. Yeah, from I mean, her like females are incredible. The men, who is, I have to actually look at my iTunes. On on the low, I really like the new uh, Mario album. Didn't listen to it. It's all right. The Mario Omarion album was hit and miss. Good singles though. Um, I like the Russ dude. I don't think he dropped a full project though. Uh, there's some good shit. It's alright. Yeah. Or uh, on here it's Aunt Clemens. Happy to be here. Have a listen. That's okay. Take time, Givian. I haven't listened to all uh, that. To feel love, Luke James. Didn't listen. John to John Legend, bigger love. Yeah. Okay. And all rise, Gregory Porter. Like I feel like the list is missing something. They could have put the Janae Aiko joint on there. I mean Jeez. that that got nominated for album of the year. Okay. This it, there is my one. I was like, of all the albums it, to to get nominated for album of the year, Chalamba, like word. 
Yo, people really like that album. I do not. But I, but even if I, I've heard it, and I'm not a big fan, but I thought it was cool. I, I didn't think it was whack. But album of the year, not rap album of the year, not R&B album of the year, album of the year. Yeah, that's tough. That's just getting rolled There's by no Taylor Swift. There's no hip-hop songs on there. Um, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I guess like the wife played the Taylor Swift album. I guess she liked it. It hasn't been heavy rotation. Though, is, so isn't Fiona sure. Apple nominated for album of the year? Um, let me check. Let me check. No, she's Fiona not. Apple. Nope. Uh, we have smokes. Black Pumas. Black Pumas self-titled album. Everyday Life by Coldplay. Um, mm. Jacob Collier. I don't know what he does. Uh, Women in Music Three by Haim. Mm. Dua Lipa. Future Nostalgia. Oh, that's Corey Urban shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh Post Malone, Hollywood's Bleeding. Yeah, no. And Taylor Swift. Wow. Folklore. Damn, I thought at least Tame Impala would have gotten nominated. Tame Impala's album's incredible. Um Damn. Yeah, the album of the year like that category's trash this year. The whole again, there's so much music. Twenty twenty has been nineteen months long. And it feels like there's been like thirteen albums a week. So if you put that all together, that's ridiculous. Like, to remember that Royce and D-Smoke dropped this year is crazy enough. Now to do an album of the year? Jesus. I mean, shit. Best New Artist is something we usually talk about. And that category is like, whatever. D-Smoke is on it. Doja Cat. I don't know how Mm. Doja is new. But Megan Thee Stallion. Some chick or some person. Kay Trinata. I don't know what that is. You know who Kay Trinata is? Oh, my God, Kel. You're bugging. Kay Trinata is amazing. Do you listen to Gold Link? Yeah, yeah, that K. Trinata produces like all the Gold Link shit. It's very hip hop oh, house shit. Okay. Like K. Trinata's album Bubba is incredible. Both of his albums are incredible. Damn, you gotta get up on K. Trinata. You're, you're losing. Oh, I had no clue. No, yes. you put me up on Gold Link when they had the song of the summer two years ago. True, yes, but yeah, yeah. K. Trinata. But no, the album was dope. Yeah, like if you listen to K. Trinata's remixes, like any like 2000, like Tedra Moses or Janet Jack, like K. Trinata is the shit. I don't know how he's a new artist. Same with Doja Cat. Doja Cat, I've talked Doja about her for a long around. time. Yeah. She's been around forever. But best new artist is basically best new th- artist to white people. That's, be- <laughs> that's how I look at that category. I never heard of him. That's a new artist. Like, that's how I look at it because a lot of these artists have been around. With the exception of Meg, everybody that you named has had projects out like at least three years ago. Yeah, and I feel like Meg's been around, but at least her album just dropped. Right, like her official album. Like, Kate has had two albums like Bubba was his second album and he's done a I'm bunch su- of remixes I'm surprised the Bieber album didn't get more I, you know, I mean this. Bieber's been campaigning for that yummy album man. that yummy album's not good no it wasn't great but it I'm was just, not good like you know in a thin year it seems like one of the years where Bieber cl- you know cleans up he only got one nom off of yeah. that yeah all the and stuff that I like Taylor Swift yeah I mean like all the stuff that I like I like Billie Eilish's album she won last year obviously but I think she had um Everything I Wanted got nominated for some category, which I really enjoy. But, like, the stuff that I like in R&B, like, not even R&B. I don't even know what to call it. Like, Little Dragon and Tame Impala. Like, it's just odds and ends. And, you know, it's not like the playlist I have on iTunes for those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But (laughs) R&B is just, it's not, I don't want to say it's not what it used to be, but there just hasn't been any, like, 
dope shit. And then the, for men, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard a dope male, like, straight-up R&B album. I know people like John Legend, but I feel like John Legend makes the same plantation music every album. So <laughs> Why you got to be plantation? Because it is. It, I mean, it sounds like you're singing <laughs> Negro spirituals. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It just is what it is. And that's why The Weeknd should have got nominated. I can't imagine. I'm looking at this list. How does this dude not get nominated? He could have got nominated for album of the year compared to this list. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, that is tough. But not yet. So we'll we'll see how everything shakes out. Um, record of the year. Beyonce had record of the year? I don't even know what Black Parade is. That's that the Lion King sounds right? Probably. I th- no, whatever that shit was on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't even say that. I fucking know what that is. Yeah, no, I know what Oh, but. Is. Savage is nominated for that again. Dog. Post Malone probably wins it for circles. <sighs> yeah, well. Sure. People love Post Malone. I know. White people love Post Malone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like That's a whole different level of, of love right there. That shit is wild. Um, before we get off of the whole musical tip and get into combat sports and this Tyson fight, one thing I want to ask you about is why do you constantly try to start shit on Twitter? And set the Twitter streets aflame. What did I do? You, you did it again. We what a week ago we talked about albums that oh. aren't cla- <laughs> aren't classics but should be, and I dropped my mace. Yeah, Harlem Oof. World hot take. Woof. That, that people are still hitting me up about, but now you decided to go in reverse and say what classic albums aren't classics, mm-hmm. but are universally considered classics and you dropped it then like two seconds later in group chat you're like watch this we <laughs> <laughs> went back to the timeline it was it take it all that shit's still and going i believe that shit like so i was like okay since we put it on twitter i was like let me get the old man to explain his five albums that are classics but shouldn't be five albums that are classics but shouldn't be um yeah. well i mean according to y'all Thug Motivation 101 is a classic. It shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> and that poll was strong, by the way. Strong. Yeah. I mean, look, man. I get why y'all believe it's a classic, but that album front to back is not a classic. Um, but again, my bar is high. I Personally, I'm the one who gave my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy five mics. It's not a classic album. Because my original review wasn't a five mic review. It was a four it was and a half. Four point seven five. It was oh. a four and a half because we didn't have point seven five. It was a four and a half, and I was like, I think this album's really good, um, but it might be. And I can say this now because it's been years. But it's, I think it may fall just short of a classic. And they was like, well, five mics doesn't have to mean classic. So what do you think? I was like, all right, if if that's the case. And then they were like, well, look at historically. We gave Little Kim's The Naked Truth five mics. I was like, all right, fine. I was like, you can give <laughs> that album five mics. But me personally, I don't think it's a classic. I don't think it's Kanye's best album. And yeah, so and I, I, if people want to argue about it, though, that's not a, an album that I'll argue vehemently against being a classic. I'll just say I personally don't think it's a classic because I haven't gone back to it a lot. Um I think Devil in a, a New Dress is incredible, by the way. Um, and there's some great moments on the album. But I think that album falls just short of a classic. Uh, what else is considered a classic? I mean, there's a lot of shit. My list starts off with Kanye Late Registration. Yeah, that's not a classic album. It's no, too I long. Think, it, it falls for the it same, for me. It falls for the same reasons that Jeezy's album fell. In my opinion, it was too fucking long. 
No, I, I completely agree on that one. I'll go, um, I didn't like, like, even the singles on that shit. Like, it just wasn't for me. Like, College Dropout, Graduation were my two classics. Really? I, see, in I, that span. I like re- Late Registration a lot. Like, I like crack music. I like um, Drive, I think Drive Slow is incredible. Which is Drive a, Slow is incredible. Which is a travesty that the video version of the song is not on the album. But I digress. Um but the album is too long. And he, it was really polished. And a lot of people didn't like the sound of Kanye's production being extraordinarily polished. It, there was no like grit to that production. But I didn't care. I thought it was a good album. But cl- See, the other thing I need to clear up with a lot of people. If I say your album is not a classic, that does not mean it sucks. It does not mean no. it's not a good album. It does not mean any of the things. I'm just saying that the bar is extremely high. And this album just falls short. But... LeBron James not being Michael Jordan does not mean LeBron James sucks or is bad. I just think that Michael Jordan is like the highest caliber of player that's ever lived. And LeBron James falls just short of that. But when I say that, people are like, you think LeBron James sucks? No. I think he's like right there. Him, Magic, I think they're all right there. But I think Jordan's the epitome. So when I say these like late registration or I say my beautiful dark choices fantasy or even Jeezy, it doesn't mean the album sucks. Even if I didn't particularly like it that much, I understand the weight of it. But when I listened to it, when I went back to Jesus' album again, I was like, this is too goddamn long. It's 19 songs. And I'm skipping. And I'm like, nah, this, don't, this isn't the same bar as other albums. No, that's fair. Fair point there. Like, it's... I agree. It's the same thing. Like, there's some really, really good albums. So, like, even with Jeezy, like, I'll say it's a classic because of Impact. But if people argue that it's not a classic because it's sonically not a classic track for track, then I'll have to give it up to him. Like, there's an argument there, you know? Some stuff, there's no argument. Like, some people on your Twitter feed was fucking ridiculous. Yo, like, like four... Illmatic. Dog, four people said doggy style, and I almost blocked them all. Yo, you should, because you just got no no sense if you say doggy style. How the people f- were saying reasonable doubt. Well, see, okay. Reasonable I, doubt is can a top five hip-hop album. I can I can see where people say Reasonable Doubt is not a classic. I can see it. I can see it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that said in retrospect it got a lot better. But if anybody knows me, and I, I think I told this story before, and I think somebody retold this story on Twitter and ended up on Instagram, and it was crazy. But I was listening to Reasonable Doubt when everybody was listening to Big. Like, I've always listened to Jay. So Reasonable Doubt always resonated for me. It was not an album that I found after the fact. The first time I heard Can't Knock the Hustle, Politics as Usual, and Brooklyn's Finest, I was sold. But I could see where people were like, ah, it wasn't rocking like that in 96, blah, blah, blah. I can I was see. in New York when that shit dropped, and it hit the earth like a fucking comet. See, but I could see where people was like, ah, the second half of the album is weak. I could see where people would try to make that argument. I will disagree. Yeah. But there's a thing called. 22 twos? There's a thing called Undeniable Classics. Doggy Style is an undeniable classic. Uh, Equimini is an undeniable classic. Illmatic, yeah. obviously, undeniable classic. Then there's albums that are classic that you can debate. And I think this is where Reasonable Doubt falls in. Same with Biggie's Life After Death. There's a lot of people that think that album's too goddamn long. And I won't argue with them. That's fair. It's a double disc. But, I mean, I love almost every song on both discs. I mean, I, dude... Like what's the worst song? Sky's the limit. I no, love I love Sky's limit. I um, love Sky's the limit. No, I don't know what's the the two short track. World filled pimps and hoes, but that's got jig on there too. I like that song as well. I was yeah. never a fan of Nasty Girl. 
Um, okay, no, Nasty Girls time. That shit was nasty. Like, that shit's still <laughs> quotable, though. Like, that's shock value. Like, I, I, most people choose stuff from disc two. Yeah, this, a lot of people say disc two is a weak disc, and I can see that. If you condense but those two discs. But it had Notorious Thugs, and that shit was just impeccable. Duh, when we heard big rap like Bone, we lost our minds. Like, what the? Crazy. What is this? Crazy. Ugh. It was crazy, but I can see where people will make that argument. So when I see those being said, when people say those aren't classics, I will I will concede and be like, all right, cool, I'll listen to your argument. But you, if you try it with Doggy Style or Illmatic, get the fuck out of here. There's no debate <laughs> about th- those two albums. And then people, there were some people was like, he's got a regional bias. I just said Doggy Style. That's a West Coast album. Yeah. Outcast is a South album. God damn it. So <laughs> it's no regional bias. I just I, I have a I know what I like. I know what I think is an undeniable classic and what seems to be the general consensus of an undeniable classic. And then I see albums where I can see the argument for and against. I think Reasonable Doubt and Life After Death and Tupac's All Eyes on Me, that was another one. Yo, there was so many people like Tupac has no classics. Fuck that. Me Against the World is a classic. But I'm not a, I'm not a huge Tupac fan, but I'll agree. Me Against the World is the best album. So if you want to give him a classic, that is it. Yeah, but I can see where people are like it's not a classic, and it's there's a gray area with that album. But that album to yeah. me is like peak Pac. That is the best version of Tupac ever. Me, uh, All Eyes on Me, too goddamn long. That doubles this had ton. If Biggie had filler, my man Tupac on that album had crazy filler on that album. Wild filler. Um, by the way, last week I completely missed an album that's a classic but not named enough. Juvenile 400 Degrees is a classic. I can see that. I wasn't a big, yeah, huge fan way, of I it. I missed out on that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that I, was I totally shit. get it. Like, 400 um, Degrees when that shit came out set the world on fire. Crazy. So, back to stuff that is classic that isn't. So, I have my list of five. Kanye Late Registration was one. Two was Nas It Was Written. Yeah, it's not a classic. I don't think it's classic. People think it's better than Illmatic. It's crazy. I I think that was great. Not a classic. Yeah, no, not a classic. Dre, 2001, not a classic. Mm -mm. Um, Which, the impact, though, was dope. But that's just because people waited forever. Exactly. Um, This, I'll give my fifth one first before fucking Justin Ivey chokes me to death. So, fifth one. I'm going to say it's not a classic, but it's a dope album. Outcast Think On You. I've said this it all the time. It keeps them from having four classics in my mind. Yeah. Because I give Equemini, Aliens, and the f- debut all three classics. Mm-hmm. I, I'm it with that. It keeps them from having a fourth. I, so Stink On You, not yeah. a classic. Fair. Um, and then my last one, and it's, this is, a, I'll probably say this. This is a personal take and might be a very shitty take. But in comparison to everything else, they dropped as a crew. I don't think Liquid Swords I knew it. Is a I knew you were going there. I don't think Liquid Swords is a classic. Hey. I don't. And Justin's going to kill Look. me. I don't think it's a classic. It's um, not on par with everything else. Meth has a classic before Liquid Swords. I'll and disagree. Meth might not be classic. I disagree with that. I, I think mm. Meth had the weakest albums out of the world. Um, <sighs> okay. I didn't like Takal. I definitely didn't like Takal 2000. No, um, Takao would be above Liquid Swords. Yes, I, I don't think so. But Raekwon has the best Wu-Tang album. The Purple Tape, like, yeah. hands down. There's no argument there. I, I But I see where people say the Jizza is there. Um, Ghost is underneath that, too. Like, which one, Iron Man? Yeah, Iron Man is best. And then um, 
obviously 36 Chambers is classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if ODB is no, classic. it's not. Um, no, but Liquid Swords, again, is a good album. It's a great album. I just don't think it's classic. Am I, like, I legit- and Meth would only be a classic above it because of the impact. Again, the impact of that Meth album is fucking nuts. So the impact carries it. Maybe not song for song, bar for bar, but the impact would... I can see an argument for Meth having a classic before Liquid Swords being a classic. Um, I, I've always said Liquid Swords is like the strongest four and a half album. Like one of the strongest four and a half albums, but I can't give it a five. But I think it's an incredible album. And then people, people have done it again. You think the album says? No, I don't. I think it's great. But I, when I yeah. put that up against the Purple Tape, only built for Cuban links. Nope. See, no, you can't. That This crew had so much heat and they had classics that this one just aren't those. It's just not like it's not on the same plane as Thirty Six Chambers, The Purple Tape. Like it's not on that level, and it doesn't have the impact Meth had. So yeah, that would be my fifth one. Liquid Source is not a classic. Now yeah, next time I see Justin, he's gonna just tell me to square up. Yeah, it might be on site. It might be on site. It's his favorite rapper. I'm sure it's like his favorite album. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't think of a five. I, I always thought Stankonia was a strong four and a half album. It was written. Still Matic. I'll add to that list as well. Um, <clears throat> oh, another album. <laughs> People are gonna be mad. I don't think the Black album's a classic. What? You don't. You don't like the DJ Quick song? No, I don't. You don't like the Eminem track? Nope, I don't. Um, but I think you don't the, like a lot of shit. But I think that. Like, but I think the album, like with the exception of those songs, like I said, I've said this yeah. before. I think Public Service Announcement is arguably one of Jay's greatest songs. Mm-hmm. But I think those two just drag. Drag. Is that album better to you than Reasonable Doubt? No, no, no. That's and that's kind of. Is it better than I Blueprint? Put Reasonable Doubt above Blueprint. I think it's Jay's best album. And then um, Blueprint is right after that. No, it's not better than Blueprint. Yeah. So in so when I look at it like that, I'm just like, huh. it's it's really good. It's equal with American Gangster, and I give American Gangster classic territory. That's the sneaky classic in the catalog. That's what a lot of people say. So I'm Black Album's another album. If you tell me it's a classic and you make an argument, I, I'll tell you why I don't think it's a classic, but I won't beat you down over it. I'll be like, all right, yeah. I can see what you're saying. That's two skips on a what eleven track album. So I I get you. Yeah, it's just it's like, like uh, justify my thug. I was when I heard that I was just like, get this out of here. And I was I was never <laughs> Lucifer is, is okay. I like I Lucifer. Feel like you, you know what song like I don't like? Better. You know what song I've never liked? Dirt off my shoulders. I've never what? liked that song. That I've beat never, is fucking bananas. I've it, to and, me, it was one of Timberlands. I was like, what is this? I was like, I get it. I see why people like it. I but people going crazy over it. I just didn't get it. Timberland and Jay have had better songs. Yeah, you were on your on your own shit. I don't know about that. Dirt off your shoulders, I, dude. I get it. In the documentary, when that beat hits, yeah, it's, it's just cool. like, oh my god, I, dog, it's like earth shatter. Look, I get it. It wasn't earth shattering to me. I was like, this is a cool song. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it's just like, um, uh, N words uh, in Paris. When I first heard that song, I was like, all right, and then people went nuts over it, and I was like, really? Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I don't, yeah, I didn't go crazy over Watch that the Thrones, my other one. I don't think Watch the Thrones is a classic. It was a moment in time when the album dropped and everybody was like no. standing by their computers and going crazy as the songs were being rolled out. But then yeah. you, like, you listen to it now, it's like, this isn't a classic. This is good. Not album. a classic. I think, yeah, I think it's better. I didn't know people liked it like that. I didn't think it was deemed a classic. 
I, I think it was better than most people remember. I thought it was kind of shit on. Nah, um, people love no, that. No, so shit. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll give that a good album. I mean, I'm not calling any other late Kanye joints after my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy a classic. They like, don't exist. I really like 808s and Heartbreak, but I'm, that's not a classic. Uh, the other joint, shout out to AJ, is he said Bone Thugs and Harmony don't have a classic. They don't. They absolutely don't. Ooh. That sound, though? Like, that shit was so unique, that album. That's cool. Don't have a classic. What do you say, the 1999 joint? Yeah, E99, because Creeping on a Come Up was an EP. E99, E99, even though First of the Month was like huge, and then obviously Crossroads was huge. Crossroads and everything, yeah. But name another song off that album. No, I mean, I can't. I I like Mo Murder, but. Oh, yeah, Mo Murder all day. That, to me, was a four mic album. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Someone said Black Star was on that shit in your comments. Yeah, fuck. I really it. thought you were gonna not nah, <laughs> report I let them it, as spam. <laughs> I thought about it, but I let it go. Like Black Star, somebody because somebody was like Black Star, Reflection Internal, and Most Deaf, and I was like, really? You just gonna take all three of them? I'll yeah. I'm not even gonna pay you any mind. You're trolling. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's crazy. Some people say Common don't got doesn't have a classic. That's wild to me. Common at least air. has a classic. He at least got one, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Common has... People argue over three albums. The problem with Common is, I don't find too many people... Like, so many people are split over those first three albums. Yeah. That, like, either you like this, you think that's a classic, or you like this. Like, people kind of really hone in. So, like, if he was, you know, getting Heisman votes, he's working against himself in the same region. Yeah. It's like Alabama people. It's hard as hell to win there because everybody on your team can win Heisman. That's common with those three albums. Like people are so split on those albums. They all sound different. So when people tell me Common doesn't have a classic, like I will argue, Common's put out a lot of music since then. It's hard to keep up with a lot of this shit. But I will argue that he has one of the most underrated catalogs in all hip hop. Like period. Between Resurrection, One Day It All Makes Sense, um, B, and like Water for Chocolate. Those albums alone, and I haven't mentioned the other ones because they don't, I mean, I actually like the Electric Service. Fuck you guys. There's a lot of people that don't like it. I thought it was ahead of his time. I didn't think it was a classic though. But he has this extraordinary catalog and there were people like, yo, he doesn't have classics. People told me the Roots don't have classics. Fuck out of here. They're bugging. We found two. Yes. We found two a week ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Granted, you didn't flush out your list as crazy as I thought um, on Twitter, but I'm surprised Eminem didn't get more slander on your list. Eminem's a weird one, man. Because I give Slim Shady LP, Eminem, or no, Slim Shady LP and Marshall Mathers LP definite classics, and then Eminem shows the toss up. The hard part about Eminem is the material doesn't age well. So when people go back and listen to it now, it's like, how could you think this is a classic? Well, yes, in 2020. All the F-bombs and all the murder stuff and killing your mom doesn't sound as good as it did back then. <laughs> and that, and it was fire back then. Well, yeah, when it, when Marshall Mathers LP first came out, my. First of all, like. Kill, the, kill You is yes. the second track. It's fucking nuts. Like, Remember Me with Sticky Fingers and RBX? Bananas. Such a good song. But, like, oh that that's one of my favorite M songs. And Sticky murdered that joint. But, in retrospect, when you listen to songs like Criminal. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. That song to, is incredible. <laughs> it, but it's really hard to go back and say for somebody who was like born in like 2000 and they go back and yeah. was like, here's a classic album. And they were like, they're just like super offended because like, what do you, what is this? Like, what are you playing for me? It's like playing some racist shit to a black person and saying, this was great music. And that's how they feel. They're like, get this shit out of here. So I get it. <laughs> I get fair. it. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't age well. But no, we'll see. If you guys have uh, thoughts on classics that aren't classics, as long as they're not Jay-Z, Biggie albums, feel free to share them. I will not listen to anyone talking about Reasonable Doubt is not a classic. And definitely don't bring no Elmatic slander this way. Elmatic's the greatest rap album ever. Period. The hell, people ain't got no damn ears. Nonetheless, everyone else, feel free to share your opinions. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. That's going down this weekend, plus a ton of other boxing matches. You guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, just that quick, we are back and we are talking boxing. Before we get to Tyson, Roy Jones, and the spectacle of that, quote-unquote, exhibitions. You guys can't see me. I'm doing air quotes. Exhibition. We're going to talk about the other licensed boxing matches for this weekend. And we're going to start off with Daniel Jacobs versus Gabe Rosado. It's a sneaky good card put on by your employer, DAZN. Which I feel like they've been doing a lot of good cards lately. But this is a good one. Uh, you lost Boo Boo on the undercard, though. Yeah. Which sucked. His opponent caught the Rona, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, he was going to fight Dusty Hernandez Harrison. He was going to murder. If he didn't murder him, it would have been ridiculous. That was a gross mismatch. Yeah, Andrade. But, I mean, he needed it. Yeah, nah, he didn't he, need that. Like, that, he needed some, he needs some competition. Like, Luke Keeler in January, and then he went the distance with him, was like, come on, man. He, that was ugly. Demetrius Andrade is at the point in his career where had, he needs to destroy people. And he's not doing that. So him falling off this card is whatever. He'll probably be back January, February, but he needs a quality opponent. 
And this this yeah. Dusty Hernandez Harrison was not it. They might throw him against anyone on that Ryan Garcia card. I think he'll be Still on his own card. Hmm. Not bad. Just to fill Again, out January not, or February, yep. whichever month it is. Not against that. And then um, at the top of the card, though, Daniel Jacobs versus Gabe Rosado. I always like Gabe Rosado fights. Because he comes to fight. Every time. And I think he's an ideal opponent for anyone around 168, to yeah. be fair. Like, I think the guy should keep getting fights as long as he wants them. I think Daniel Jacobs will be able to get him out of there. Maybe around like 9 or 10, but it'll be one hell of a fight. Gabe will bleed. It's like Cody Rhodes. Cody must bleed. Gabe must bleed. Um, he'll get a cut somewhere. He'll be covered in blood. He'll look really good on the highlight film. He's like another guy I would really like to see Edgar Berlanga fight like next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't like this fight when it was made. And it stems back to December of last year when... Daniel Jacobs fought Chavez and Gabe was on. He was basically the backup in case Chavez's legal issues stepped in the way. Um, they got into an altercation. They started yelling and screaming at each other. And then a year later, here we are. Jacobs' defense to this makes sense to me. He's like, it's my first fight back from COVID. The guy's talking shit. Why shouldn't I shut him up? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that. I talked to him the other day. I was like, I get it. And Rosado's a game fighter. He's, he's truly is a game fighter. He's not going to win. But he's there to fight. And Jacobs is there to see where he's at, you know, after having a year off. Um, and if you guys tune into the broadcast, I am actually wrote and narrated the voiceover of New York versus Philly. We have a whole New York versus Philly package that I put together. Um, this is a New York versus Philly fight. The other yeah. thing that we talked about was his place at 168. And he's in a weird, not even a weird spot. He's in a unique spot. He beats Rosado. He wants a title holder. And I can't really see the argument against him not getting a title fight with whoever isn't fighting to unify those titles. It won't be Canelo. Because if Canelo beats Callum Smith, and Daniel said it himself, he was like, listen, I need, I need a belt, and then maybe I can fight Canelo. But he wants Caleb Plant. He wants um, Charlo to come to 68 and fight him. Mm. Um, but I, I think he's, like, he's in a, a nice spot. Where he's still a name, he's still a quality name, and you can't really avoid him, but he's a tough fight. And I think at 68, he might be even more dangerous than he was at 60 because he was killing himself to make 60. No, listen, I'm, I'm here for it. That's something I want to see. Like, he's not a gatekeeper, right? By any means yet. No, absolutely but not. He's been in there with the toughest of tough opponents and gave, gave them t- their toughest of tough fights. Canelo, Triple G, like, he has shown, like, yo, to beat me, you got to be the elite of the elite. So I, I think that's a perfect way for a guy like Charlo to say, you know what? If you go in there with him, you got to beat him more convincingly than those other two did. And then that probably led you a fight against Triple G or Canelo. Yeah. Those common opponent fights where you beat the hell out of them when the others couldn't, you know, it, it goes a long way. And that's not to say that he could beat the hell out of him because you might go in there and lose. Yeah, I mean, Daniel's, like, people look at him like he's old. He's only 33. So it's not like he has a ton of mileage because he was out with cancer for, like, a year and a half. And, you know, he's got 30-something fights. He's a quality opponent for anybody. So I'm I'm in, interested in how he looks in this fight. I like fights with beef. I like Gabe Rosado because he just comes to fight. More often than not, he gets his ass kicked. But who is it, Selecki? He was losing to Selecki for like 11 rounds. Almost got him out of there in the 12th because he won't stop fighting. I like guys yep. like that. 
No, he's worth the price of admission. Definitely. And that's that's always like the biggest compliment you can give someone. Like, you know what? I'm tuning in and I'm going to get one hell of a fight. Absolutely. So, yeah, I expect that one to be really dope on Friday after we're cured of our, you know, Thanksgiving coma that I'm sure everyone will be in. That's a great fight for Friday night. Saturday, we have Daniel Dubois going against Joe Joyce, who's his toughest test to date. I think Dubois is the real deal. If he is, he goes out there and he sleeps Joyce. If he's not, Joyce can pull the upset. At this point, though, Daniel Dubois looks the point, looks the part. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that talent is real. I'm picking him to knock out Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce. I'm picking Dubois to win, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on Joe Joyce. I think people are looking at this as like some kind of cakewalk. Joe Joyce is pretty fucking good. Um, He's definitely good. Tough test. It might go the distance. It might. Might not. Dubois is a real deal as well. Both these guys can can swing hands. But I'm looking forward to the fight. I'm picking Dubois to win, but I'm not just – a lot of people just put Joe Joyce out there like he's a guy that's going to get ran over. I don't see that. Um, If if Dubois does do that, well, shit, we got a new entry in that that heavyweight parade because then he's the real deal. But – yeah. I'm intrigued by this fight. It's a good weekend. It's a good weekend of fights, and that's a fight I'm really looking forward to that fight. It's, it might be. Well, it is. It's the most competitive fight this weekend. Possibly. I'm not we'll, counting we'll Roy talk Mike. about the Tyson card. I'm not, I'm not uh, counting About Roy the Mike. fight I was thinking about on that card. You talking about <laughs> yeah, okay. Nate Robinson and Jake Paul? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, we're we going to get there. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, that's going to be one hell of a fight. That's on ESPN Plus Saturday during the day, 2 to 7. Shameless plug. Make sure uh, I keep getting my rent paid. Thank you, everyone. Tune into that. Uh, <laughs> after that, of course, it is the fight that we've been talking about since early August, July. It's a fight that we have a bet on, not of the winner and the loser, but for oh, pay-per-view boy. sales. If you guys, for some reason, just tuned into our show, thank you for finally joining us and listening to this greatness. If you've been along for the ride... You know that I do not have the best of records when it comes to betting the old man. I'm not going to say what my record is. I'm just going to let it be known that it's not great yet. I'm a late bloomer. I'm Aaron Pico. Give me, give me a chance. I feel like this one may not go in my favor. You think? <laughs> but if you listen to the promotion, Roy Jones Jr.'s Instagram, Tyson's Twitter... It's breaking all these records for pre-sale pay-per-views. Yeah. In the t- past 10 years, you know what happened in the past 10 years, Dre? We had Mayweather, McGregor. We had Mayweather, Pacquiao. They said it's the number one out of all of those. It's so ridiculous. You know the best... So you're telling me I have a chance. Yeah, the best part about that is nobody pre-buys pay-per-views. Uh, no. I mean, I do from time to time just because my grandmother can't work her remote. I'm just saying, do you buy it a week in advance? No, for her, if I have to buy her a pay-per-view, like, I got to do this shit like three days in advance because if I try the night up, she's just going to throw a fucking remote through the wall and she won't watch it and then complain to me for a week. But no, for myself, no, I, yes. I don't. So the average person doesn't buy, like, most people, a majority of people, they buy the pay-per-view right before it happens. Yeah. They don't buy, the day, like, the day before. They buy it right before it happens. And back when cable providers was, like, really a thing, and like, it used to crash because people would all order the pay-per-view at the same damn time. 
So yeah. when you see Roy Jones posting this press release um, and, you know, talking this shit, yeah, we broke records. I mean, it was the press release was issued, what, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what is like the, the records? What, six, seven? Is that how many pay-per-views you sell in advance? Because no, I, I would tell you this, that bars and establishments, even though we're mid-Rona, buy early and you get some sense of how many establishments will be showing your pay-per-view. And I think Rona and everything, a lot of places will be showing the fight. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. Bars will, whatever bars are open. All of them, damn near. Because America, for some reason, ain't winding it back. Well, they're still going to be at a capacity. Well, we'll see how they do. But I just can't see this breaking records, right? Like, I think it'll do okay. But now that the rules have come out and people are so confused by these rules, and trust me, this fucking... I cover this for a living and I'm confused by the rules. It doesn't make any sense. It just... For those who don't know, they say that there's no knockouts. If there's a cut, the fight ends. There are no judges, but the WBC has brought in judges that are going to be watching remotely. One of them being Chad Dawson. The fuck? Um, Bad Chad? Yeah, Bad Chad Dawson's a, a, a judge. Yeah. Um. Then what else is the rules? You know, two minute rounds, eight minute, eight rounds, two, eight to what else? What else? I'm missing. Twelve ounce gloves. Yeah. So the big boy gloves. Yeah, like but, rock 'em sock 'em robot. So here's my thing, because people keep saying, well, you know, I some people were like, I knew Roy didn't want to do it. This was not Roy Jones's doing. Roy did not say, please give me a, a ring where I can't get knocked out. This is the commission's doing, and mostly because Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's 54 years old, hasn't fought in 15 years, and they don't necessarily feel comfortable licensing him for this fight, which I can understand. But the fact that it's happening anyway, and the commission's like, yeah, no knockouts. Who the fuck gonna tell Mike Tyson not to knock somebody out? Word. But I guess they stop the fight as soon as someone hits the deck. That's a knockout. There's no... (laughs) Yeah. So if you touch the canvas, your ass is out of there. Let's be clear. This is an exhibition match. No matter what happens, it doesn't count. Yeah, it's an exhibition. And then so there's no headgear. Yeah, like no, but dog, nobody. Somebody can go night night. Look, they say we're not going to declare a winner. I am. Like if if, yep. if somebody gets knocked out, I'm going on Twitter and was like, Roy got knocked the fuck out. And who's going to argue Love with that me? You just said that it's Roy. What if Roy knocks out Tyson? But it, I, dude, it's very possible. You can knock him out with a body punch. I've said this shit since the be- they talked about this fight. Roy knocks out Mike, hits him, and Mike takes a knee and the fight's over. D- do we? Do I not say that Roy Jones just knocked out Mike Tyson? The commission, you can say whatever you want because it's not a real fight. But if one of them gets knocked out, I'm calling a knockout. That's crazy. No, I agree. Um, before we give our official predictions for that fight, you want to know what fight is an actual fight and actually sanctioned? Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. Come on, man. And Nate Robinson, baby. They're sched- They're sanctioning a fight bet- between a YouTuber who has a couple fights in boxing and a man who has what NBA dunk contest championships, but no, no business being in a ring. And that is sanctioned. Yeah. Man got a license and everything. Hey, listen. You remember Senecia Estrada, the girl that she fought? Mom? <laughs> That's, I just remember it said mom on the trunks, and when her ass got laid out, it said, wow. She got license. Amber Angle. <laughs> she, got, she got a license to fight. Like, it's not that difficult. If you can pass the health shit, you're good. 
So I'm not surprised that Nate Robinson got a license to fight in California. Like, that doesn't bother me. I'm actually intrigued by this fight. When people are surprised about that, they're like, well, why not Mike Tyson? I just explained. Motherfucker ain't fought. He's 54 years old. There's health concerns there. Nate Robinson's a healthy man. He can fight. If he loses and gets knocked out by Jake Paul, so what? But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this fight. You know what? To be completely honest, if this... This is one of the most perfectly booked entertainment cards that I've ever seen. Because you got Mike Tyson and Roy Jones for the old heads. You got Jake Paul and Nate Robinson for the YouTube crowd and the young heads. You got Badu Jack fighting some guy he's going to murder for the boxing heads. Um, Vidal Riley just fell off the card. I'm missing somebody, aren't I? Vidal fell off the card? Yeah, Vidal's. Yeah, he's off. Oh. Yeah, he fell off the, he fell off the card. He was fighting Rashad Coulter. Um but you have something for everybody. Like, so for people who just want to watch Mike Tyson, this is the car for them. If people who just, the kids, want to just watch Jake Paul, they got it. This is the perfectly constructed card. It's just so convoluted and confusing with the rules and the promo and how do I watch it. And, I mean, I think it'll do okay pay-per-view-wise, but it ain't going to blow the doors off anything. So you'll be uh, losing this bet. Four million. <laughs> four milli I should have went with two I think you might have given me two I started to and then you were like yeah I'm gonna, like I always get you with that shit you get too hyped up on your own shit and then you yeah you just I would have felt real comfortable with two two I would have been picking out brunch spots I mean easy easy money I don't know if it's easy four. money but yeah you had a four. you had a much better chance yeah four we're lofty at four so yeah I mean listen at this point once the Rona is done, I'm feeding you a lie. It's all right. It's okay. Like, we're just going to go to fight weeks, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm hungry today. Yo, Kel, you got this, right? And I'm like, fuck. And then I'll be like, yeah. And then you'll be like, hey, Garcon, bring me that $80 bottle of champagne again. Oh, yeah. That was a glorious no, $80. That was horrible. <laughs> $80 bottle of champagne from mimosas. Obnoxiously large. <laughs> it was so big. <laughs> Where's that picture? We gotta post that picture somewhere. That picture's amazing. Yeah, we gotta post it on Twitter. Obnoxiously large bottle of champagne. Damn handshake deal with Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never live that one down, man. No, we're gonna have merch and it's just gonna say handshake deal. Yeah. And it's gonna have fucking Moxley and Vince's hand shaking on the front. <laughs> no, that's that's horrible. But yeah, so if I lose this one, don't worry, people. If you're on on my side, if you're in my corner, I will win one eventually. Uh, what's your official prediction for the actual fight between uh, YouTuber and basketball man? Uh, and Nate Robinson and <laughs> let me not disrespect him and Jake Paul. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Jake, man, because he's actually fought and I've seen him train and he's got a pretty good jab. And I don't know shit about Nate Robinson except that he's black and I don't want to see the black man lose. But that's probably what's going to happen here. All that I keep thinking about is Sticky Fingers. And that damn All the time you bring up Sticky Fingers. I can't help get it. Rock. He's not a professional athlete. I he's know. just a hip-hop guy with a gimmick. But he was a hip... He was a swole... Remember, Sticky was diesel. And he looked he like... Was. And he just... He was like... Five, two. Yeah, I know, but he got beat up, and I can never get it out of my head. And it's funny because Nate Robinson is not really that short, but in my mind, he's 5'2". No, he's like 5'8". Yeah, but in my mind, he's like Muggsy Bogues, but he's not. This is like, but I'm picking Jake Paul because the, the dude is cokehead and he's had a fight, so I'll pick Every that. Everyone is picking Jake Paul. He's the favorite for good reason. 
Give me the upset. Nate Robinson, go in the distance. I don't even know how many rounds it is. <laughs> like, in all honesty, I have no clue. It's a six-round fight. Give me Nate. I might, if, if I had good money, I'd put money on the draw because that's some just dumb shit boxing would do. But instead, give me, give me Nate Robinson to pull the upset over Jake. Sure. I, he's actually athletic. So, yeah, give me, give me Nate Robinson for the upset. Main event, Tyson versus Roy Jones. They say they're not scoring it. Fuck it. How do you see the fight going? Since we can't be like, oh, he's going to win by this. How do you see the fight playing out? There's a part of me that thinks that there's going to be a cut. And that's what's going to stop this fight. Because the, the way that Mike fights head first, and I don't know if Roy's going to move out of the way. I think they might clash heads. Um, Doug, I honestly don't know. All I keep telling people is not to count Roy out. But if Roy gets touched on this, it, it, it really matters who hits who first. Like, for real, for real. That's really what it boils down to. Like, if, if Mike is bullshitting for any particular reason, if Mike comes out and he's, he's like, not the old Mike Tyson and just kind of like, yeah, it's an exhibition. And Roy sinks one to the body, fight's over. But if Roy comes out and he's like, yeah, it's an exhibition, and Mike comes out like old Mike Tyson, Roy's going night-night. Um, <laughs> Roy's been knocked out by men with a lot less power. Yeah, I know. But, you know, again, Mike's 54, yeah. dog. That, yo, he hits harder than, oh, my God, I had the guy's name earlier. Who, Glenkoff Johnson? Yeah, like, Roy has taken some bad L. Yeah, he has. He definitely has. It's, I, it's, again, it's a matter of who gets to who first. I'll, I'll go with Mike because the story is just better if Mike wins. But if, if Roy wins, you know what they need to do immediately? And even though they probably won't do it, book the Anderson yeah, Silver fight. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Just book, even if Mike, even if Roy loses, why not? Yep, I don't even care. Yep, I just want to see it. Um, that's stylistically a beautiful fight yeah i mean roy beats that fight like roy beats shit but no one's knocking yeah no one knocks anyone out in that there's like respect like like a fucking mixed martial arts dance if those two fall yeah spell it this is intriguing because there's always the chance of tyson going tyson yeah well which which tyson going to like tyson the bite fight tyson (laughs) no 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 (laughs) But Tyson forgetting that it's an exhibition and just molly whopping somebody. Or, like, the other thing that could happen, Tyson can think he's the Tyson old and come out there with, like, a full steam and Roy just avoids him for a round and then Tyson's completely gassed out. Very fair. <laughs> it would and suck, but it could happen. Roy just pepper him with jabs until the end. Just hit him in the butt. Like, dude, that's the th- I keep saying this. Like, I had a group chat with some, some cats I play fantasy basketball with and they were like, you know, Roy don't want that smoke. I was like, listen, guys. Mike looks great, but he's 54. He probably could take a punch to the chin, but the body ain't the same. Like, you get hit in the body, that shit, man, if somebody punched me. I'm 32, that's what and I'm, I'm not getting hit in the body. Yeah, it's like you could take a punch to the face. You'd be like, oh, that hurt, but I'm good. Body punches just cause your everything to seize up. Like, you can't do anything, and it makes you mad. Like, you've not had the wind knocked out of you before. Even yeah. when you're younger, it's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get up? When you get older, if you get hit, like I've been, I've played around and got hit, and I was like, yo, I'm paralyzed. Your brain is like, your brain's with it. Your brain's like, let's keep this shit going. And your body and your legs is like, nah, fuck that. We're cool down here. And that's what might happen to Mike. Mike could get hit to the body and he looks in great shape, but that body is like, nah, man, we're 54. We're done. And Mike said, come on, man, we got to keep fighting. They're like, no, we're done. Mike, we're going home. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a wrap. It's a, it's a cold day for Mike Tyson that happened. You were real. You're real, you're a real piece of work if you hit a 54 year old to the body. Hey, that's 
Listen, Mike touching Roy Jones's jaw is fair game. Jones hitting him to the body, it's like, come on, man. Like, that ain't even fair. It's not. Like, you, you're a piece of work if you do that. Uh, nah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see how it plays out. We're going to have one hell of a recap show next week. Because it could just be boring as hell for eight rounds, and Twitter might be pissed that they spent $50 on this. True indeed. So uh, it could go plenty of ways. Let's take our last break when we come back. Right before we get out of here, we're just touching on UFC. We have a pay-per-view to recap real quick from last weekend and a card to talk about coming up this weekend, which is really main event heavy. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back after this break. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, time to wrap this up. We are talking UFC before we get out of here today. And Dre, we had two cards, or we had a card last weekend, and we have one this coming up weekend, which is kind of getting drowned out by boxing. But... Two good fights on that one. First, let's go back to last weekend's UFC 255. Looking at the card going into it, I was like, yo, this is one of the lighter pay-per-views of the year. It really ended up being that way. Yeah, it was. It was not good. I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed by the pay-per-view itself. I mean, um, the main card was all right. Undercard, better than I thought because we had... Uh, Antonina Shevchenko getting the finish, which is really good. Thought that was a dope fight. Uh, Joaquin Buckley. Yes. Good old. Getting the knockout, talking that shit afterwards, in which it's cool to see him like get his nice little run. He's one of these guys who've really taken advantage of being on these cards during COVID time, getting the spotlight. And then Brandon Moreno winning in the undercard main event. In one round, amazing knockout there. And now it looks like he's getting the title shot immediately. Yeah. Good undercard. So, and, yep. Good undercard. Main card, it was what it was. So we come out, the old man magic has worn off. Told you. <laughs> Paul Craig beat the brakes off of Shogun Hua. It's over. It's a wrap. Isn't the next guy going to Bellator? Like, Dana's just going to future endeavor all these old men. I'm, like you lose once and you're old, you're out. Of it's here. funny because you win. Like what Dana May is, has been doing, he tries to push the old guys out. Is what you wish Vince McMahon would do in the WWE? Yeah, it really is. Nope, but we constantly still see Big Show. Always. Um. Yep. So who had lost that fight? Next fight up, um, Caitlin Chukagian versus Cynthia Calvillo. Probably the worst case scenario for the women's flyweight division. I, can you can somebody please explain to me what Cynthia Calvillo's strategy was going into this fight? 
<laughs> for some reason, she thought she had hands and could strike with her. God, that was frustrating. Yep, three rounds of standing there and trying to land punches like a kickboxer, and she is not that. This was an ugly loss. It was a frustrating loss because she didn't even fight her game in this one. Nah, she looked terrible, man. That that was so frustrating to watch because Cynthia's got a lot of dog in her. Dana's always liked her. And it seems like if yep. she could win, she could put herself right in position to challenge for the title. No, instead she just looks and she does this all the time. She'll have one really good performance and a complete stinker. And this was her stinker. And Chukagian just kind of and it was crazy. The crazy part was Chukagian didn't really do a whole lot. She just yelled a lot. She had that whole Monica Sellers thing popping off where she just yelled every time she threw a strike, "Kaya, Kaya!" And the judges just yeah. ate it up. But Ka- it sounded like a Power Ranger. Yeah, but. Calvillo, why would you not take the fight to the ground? You looked tiny in there. You could hardly get inside. If you would have taken her down once per round, you would want to fight. Yep, because she didn't do anything amazing on the feet to take it from you if you're sitting Not at all. It's so ridiculous. she didn't even attempt the takedown. It was, it was an ugly just game planned and fight. And then we had Mike Perry, who comes out to Beyonce's halo. <laughs> um, this guy. <laughs> it's the most entertaining thing he did all night because he gets in there and to me listen Tim Means picks up the win it was a good striking fight I wanted to see more damage I wanted to see more I needed to see bloodshed I needed to see something crazy it wasn't that I think even with this loss Mike Perry lives to fight another day in the UFC yeah like I tweeted can we cut Mike Perry now and for whatever reason it's just, just got a ton of traction on social media. And then, like, the white nationalists came in. It was like, what's wrong with you, Darky? I was like, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, this is what the response from Mike Perry is? <laughs> but Mike Perry's not that good, right? Like, is he fun to watch? Occasionally. But he's got so many outside the octagon issues. And then, plus, he missed weight. Plus, he loses again. Um, I'm not saying he needs to be cut right now. But there's no real reason to hang on to this guy. Like, not with all these issues lingering. Like, people are like, oh, these domestic issues are just accusations. Like, like, I've seen people get fired and killed for less. Right? So, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, the domestic issues are still serious things. Like, they could have pulled him from this card. And they didn't. Yeah. They let him fight. Well, I mean, the N-word and beating the hell out of an old person was on video. No. Well, the, they said the, the old person rushed Mike Perry. So, he's well within his rights to beat the shit out of him. So, all right. Well, that's what y'all think. But he lost, man. He lost to Tim Means. It wasn't really close. Mike Perry hasn't been ranked in a while. I think he was ranked 15th at one point. I mean, people that really call and Then they say, well, he sells. Sells what? Who the fuck is paying to go see yeah. Mike Perry fight? It, it's like we see him on the card, and that's cool. You know why I see Mike Perry fight? Joaquin Buckley. Send his ass home. <laughs> That's what I want to say. You're going to set him to God. Send him to God. <laughs> if I saw Keith Buckley. Uh, yeah, it sells. Listen, I have no inside information on this. I've seen no numbers. But if Mike Perry sells, I really doubt that this card is the prime example for that. He hasn't headlined shit. How can you even prove that he sells? So, even being on this card, I'm not I'm not sure that this was the highest selling card of all time. Nah, man, it's bugging. And I'm not sure Mike Perry uh, really moved the needle on this one. And then co-main event, which we thought should be the main event, turns out probably should have been the co-main event. <laughs> yeah. uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. It looked like Shevchenko was just really trying to make sure she was healthy and testing out the knee. And she did that. And I was surprised to see 
her work on the ground. Calvillo should have watched this fight. Right. So she took Maya down at will. The biggest thing was having top control and being able to control Maya with, I would say, her weight. She's not that big, but I don't know. She was like a wet blanket. Maya couldn't get her off her, and she did enough to win the fight. Yeah, I saw a lot of people being critical. I think initially, this is my opinion. I feel like Shevchenko tried to pull a John Jones to beat her at her own game. And then when she realized, eh, that's Jennifer Maya, she's kind of fucking strong because she was. She was clearly a pretty strong woman. Then she tried to punch her out. Then she realized, this girl's got pretty good punch resistance as well. So at that point, she was just like, well, fuck, I guess it's too late now. It's like the fourth round. We're just going to ride this thing out. Because under any other circumstance, I couldn't imagine why Shevchenko would want to grapple with somebody who has, she has such a distinct striking advantage over. But that's what John Jones used to do to people. It's like, oh, you like to wrestle? Okay, I'm going to fuck you up. Oh, you want to strike? I'll beat you there. He liked to beat you at his own game. But also, John Jones is a douchebag, so it makes sense. Um, Shevchenko, but people that are critical about her, like, I don't, still don't think anybody's beating her. The crazy thing that I found out, I'm on the ranking committee. I've always ranked Shevchenko number two pound for pound the women. She was ranked number three heading into this fight behind Willie Zhang. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a little crazy. That's why, like, word? Zang has my other resume too, but she doesn't have like she ain't got the Shevchenko resume. It's a vision resumes, no. Like, come on, like Shevchenko is clearly the number two pound for pound women in the world. Zang is three. I don't think this is really that close. I couldn't believe it when I looked at my rankings, and like we get a rankings brief that tells us where they were ranked and where they could be ranked depending on how they win. Just a suggestion, and there's like Shevchenko is currently ranked number three, and I was like, she's not. And then I looked, and I was like, oh shit, she is. Who the fuck put Willie Zhang over Shevchenko? <laughs> Enough for you guys. Obviously. Clearly, not me. I would. I, there's just no way in hell. But okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're bugging on that one. She is number two. She damn near pushed number one to the edge of defeat twice. 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 So yeah, she is number two until someone gives her a challenge in her own weight division. And then uh, main event: Davison Figueroa versus Alex Perez. Figueroa's just on a run. <laughs> you picked Alex Perez. <laughs> Yo, I did like Figueroa's on a run. Fuck it. Perez looked good for like thirty seconds. Yo, that scramble hit, and it was a wrap. It was over. It was over. I was like, damn. Like once Figueroa puts up the pressure, it's curtains. Yeah. No, he's he's really good, and you know now he's fighting Brandon Moreno in a twenty-one day turnaround. Um, there are people who say that if he pulls this off, he should be fighter of the year. I agree. If you yeah. fight 21 days apart yeah. in title fights, yeah, I agree. So, the who, who if it's not him, then who would it be? If it's not him, who would it be? Because it's been such um, a weird year in MMA. It has been. If it's not him... Because Izzy, Izzy fought Romero. Izzy fought? It was Romero, and that fight kind of sucked. And then he just beat the shit out of Paulo Costa. That's only two. That's though. only two. Yeah, I don't know. Izzy would probably be my pick. Um, Habib only fought once. Yeah. I mean, Gaethje mollywopped Ferguson, but then he lost to Khabib. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I really that, sit here and I think about it. I'm like, I don't know. Stipe beat Cormier, but that was the only fight that he had. Kamaev, but the level of competition yeah, is not there. the same. Figueredo, I mean, 
people are going to look at this for the quick turnaround, right? Like he beat Benavidez, and then he he's, he beat Perez, and he'll fight uh, Brandon Moreno, and he, sh- he should win. And they'll look at those three fights. Everybody will be like, yeah, that time you missed weight, nah, <laughs> that doesn't count. Nobody cares. Yeah, no. Nah. But, uh, I, yeah, I could see it. When, when I first read it, I was like, no. And then I was like, wait a second. It's 2020. Yeah, of course. This guy's fight of the year. Fight on 21 days notice in, in back-to-back title fights? Yeah. All title fights. Yeah. Yeah, he should get it. No qualms. Yeah, I'm not sure. No. No one else has three title fights this year. So, yeah, if he wins, it is his. And I assume he's going to win. I'm not betting against him again. No. Uh, And then next up this weekend, we have another UFC Apex card, which is top heavy. Top two spots, Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark. The hell is Anthony Smith got left? I don't know because Glover took it out of him. I thought. Yeah, like, and this is a guy where it's not that top five level of competition. Smith should win, but I'm not sure what he got left in the tank. I guess that's what. It's a toss up. Yeah, that's why it becomes a toss up because we don't know. Like, he took a lot of punishment in the Glover fight. <sighs> Ton. So. And you do not get that back. So, I mean, I think it goes to a decision and he beats Devin Clark by, like, split decision. Sure. I. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. This shit's a toss-up. Go a million different ways. Um, and then main event, Curtis Blaze versus Derek Lewis. What an exciting fight. I like this pairing. Um, it could be Curtis Blades, though. I think he's on a run. Derek Lewis doesn't have the gas tank to really tussle with a wrestler. Yeah, see, It's a bad matchup. The worst matchup for Derek Lewis possible. Derek Lewis hates these kind of fighters, right? Because Curtis Blades will yeah. just put him on his back and then try to wrestle him. Only thing is, can Derek Lewis catch him? I don't think so. I think Curtis Blaze will win this fight. But uh, if Derrick Lewis does catch him, <laughs> oh, it'll be a glorious knockout. Because the only people that Curtis Blaze lose to is Francis Ngannou, who blew his face up twice. Yeah, Derrick beat Francis. Exactly. Oddly enough. In, in, a weird, in one of the weirdest fights I've ever seen in my life. So I, can, yep. I don't think Blaze will be that dumb to stand in front of Derrick Lewis. I think Curtis Blaze will come out and immediately shoot. Because the longer he keeps Derrick Lewis down the less power that he has when he stands back up. But the other thing, if you ever watch, like, when Derek Lewis gets taken down, he doesn't really try to get up like a grappler. He just tries to stand up. It's the weirdest shit, yeah. and it works. <laughs> he just stands up, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're not using any technique. You know, Derek Lewis, I just won't stand up. And most guys can't do it, but I think Curtis Blaze wrestling is too good. So I'm going to pick Blaze by decision. And then I don't know what this does. Does Curtis Blaze fight John Jones? I have no idea what's going on in the heavyweight division anymore. I don't know. I mean, what is Stipe doing? Waiting for John? Like, how much? Why when Ngannou's right there? I I mean, I don't know who to. I don't know if this is Stipe. Ngannou can't fight Blades again. Uh, That's what I'm saying. The best case scenario is Lewis winning. So Ngannou can run that back and try to get his loss back. That's what I'm thinking. But otherwise, like I can't, I have no idea who to blame this on. I don't know if it's Stipe. I don't know if it's John because Dana White then said, you know, is John officially a heavyweight? And Dana said, no. What? What are we doing? Like, <laughs> what is yeah. going on? I have no idea what's According going on. According to his Instagram, he is. <laughs> yeah, well, so. it's John. Nobody knows what the fuck John's doing. The only thing we know about John is Israel Asai is going to troll him to death. That's it. It's the only thing I know. John just needs to fight. He does. I mean, Stipe needs to fight. They just fight, this point. fight each other. Like, what are you waiting for? For Ngannou, who just run through the entire division. Stupid. Outside of Derek Lewis, I guess. 
So, yeah, um, Derek Lewis is best for business. I don't think he's going to win. Give me Curtis Blades by submission because I saw what DC did, and I think Curtis Blades could take a similar route and not just lay on him, but actually try to get him out of there. Very possible. And a tired black beast, I think, can get submitted by Curtis Blades. So give me uh, Blades by decision in that main event. And, Dre, that is our show for today. It's been one hell of a show. I have to start prepping for Thanksgiving tomorrow. I'm going to prep tonight so I don't have to do all the cutting and monotony in the morning and have everything set up so the kitchen just smells delicious and delightful. You, sir, just got to sit there and wait for the wife to cook. No, I got to cook this year. envious position. I got to cook. Oh, you're cooking? Yeah. Yeah, putting you to work. It's going to be great. So enjoy that. Everyone out there, make sure you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, I hope you guys had one hell of a feast. Got full, took three naps, and now you're listening to us getting ready for a great weekend in combat sports. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms as well. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network. Shout out to the sponsors for the show. Check out Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com as well. You guys can check us out. Great interviews with people in wrestling telling us about their journey, similar to our live shows, but in podcast form. Shout out to Conrad for giving us that opportunity. We appreciate you guys. Stay Rona-free. Please stay safe. We want to hang out and do hood rat shit with our combat sports friends when Rona is done. So please, everyone, stay safe. Until next time, though, we're out. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.